Welcome to the Due Till Sermons podcast, a ministry of Due Till Church in Cranberry Township, PA. Each week, we share the message from our Sunday services. Be sure to click subscribe and follow along every week. We are continuing our current series, Encounters with Jesus, which explores how an encounter with Jesus can change our lives. The fourth message in the series is titled, From Failure to Forgiven, and is based on John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Hear now this week's message from Senior Pastor Tom Parkinson. Have I ever told you that I love church league softball? I think I've probably told you that too many times. Can you bear one more softball story this morning? Today is opening day of the church league softball season, and I can confidently say that Dutil Church will emerge from today undefeated because our bye week happens to be week one, so uh, (laughs) we're not actually playing today. But it is opening day in church league softball. I love church league softball. This will be my eighth season playing with the Dutil softball team. And uh, when I started playing, I was immediately inserted into the lineup as the catcher. And if you've ever played slow-pitch softball, here's what you know. Catcher is the position you play where you want somebody to do the least amount of harm to your team. And I played catcher for a solid two and a half, three seasons straight, and uh, was just happy to be on the team, happy to be in the game. But honestly, I really wanted to contribute more to the team's success. And then one season... We made it to the playoffs, and in the opening round of the playoffs, there were several of our players who could not make the game, and so the coach said to me, Tom, I think I'm going to need you to play left field. And if you know slow-pitch softball, you know that left field is a very busy position, and if you're going to play left field, you need somebody that's confident and strong, and that was me. I said, absolutely, coach, put me in, let me play, let me have it. And so I marched my way out to left field, and the very first batter took the very first pitch and hit a pop-up to left field, which I subsequently misread off the bat, took three steps backward when I should have went forward, and the ball fell right in front of me for a base hit. The next batter hits a ground ball past the shortstop my way, which I subsequently scoop up and throw to the wrong base. And then a few batters later, with the bases loaded, I let a fly ball over my head inside the park grand slam. It was a horrible start to my left field career. And I'm coming off the field at the end of the first inning, and I go into the dugout, and I sit down on the bench, and I feel ashamed. I feel dejected. And at the same time, I have two thoughts going through my head. One is, I sure would like a do-over. It'd be wonderful to have a clean slate, a second chance, get back out there and try again. And at the same time, I thought to myself, you know, if somebody gives me a second chance, I'm probably not going to take it because I have absolutely no confidence in my ability to produce a different outcome. You could throw me back out there with a clean slate, and I'll probably just end up back in the same place. And so I sat there in the midst of my failure, feeling defeated, feeling paralyzed, feeling sidelined. This morning, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever felt like your failure has put you on the sidelines of faith? Have you ever felt like failure has put you on the sidelines of faith? It can actually happen to us in our lives. We enthusiastically respond to the call of Jesus to follow him. We say, yes, Lord, I will follow you. 
Put me in the game, coach. Let me follow you wherever you go. And then we mess up, we fail, and our assumption is that our failures are such that we've been put on the bench, that we will never again participate in God's glory. We think that the weight of our sin is too strong. And when we read John 21, our passage for this morning, we find that Peter has put himself on the bench because of his own failures. You remember Peter. He was one of the very first followers of Jesus, a fisherman out on the Sea of Galilee, having no luck catching fish. Then Jesus shows up, provides a miraculous haul of fish, and Peter knows that means he should follow Jesus. And so for three years, Peter puts himself on the front lines of history, and he watches Jesus perform his ministry, and he's there in all the critical moments, and it is Peter who is the very first to recognize who Jesus really is. He declares that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the chosen one of God. And on the night before Jesus would die, when he said to his disciples that they would all desert him and deny him and betray him, Peter stood up and with boldness and confidence, he said these words, I will never disown you. Even if all fall away, I will not. Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. That's the moment when Peter says, put me in, coach. I'll be with you. I'll even die with you. And so Peter, with great enthusiasm, intends to follow Jesus. But you know how the story goes. When Jesus is arrested and then through the night put on trial, there are three occasions in which Peter denies even knowing Jesus. And by the end of the night, as Jesus goes to the cross to be crucified, Peter hangs his head in shame because in spite of his best intentions, he didn't follow through. He failed. And in fear and in cowardice, he fell away from the Lord Jesus. By John chapter 21, we find Peter has placed himself on the bench because he's now gone back to Galilee and he's back on his boat fishing again. And why has he gone back to Galilee? It's not because he believes Jesus is still in the tomb. As a matter of fact, Peter has already twice encountered the risen Jesus. He knows that Jesus is alive. He was in the upper room when Jesus breathed upon him the Holy Spirit and sent him into the world to proclaim the gospel. But Peter doesn't go into the world to proclaim the gospel. He goes back to his fishing boat. Why? Because Peter assumes that his failure precludes him from doing the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is alive. He's calling people to go serve in his name, but it can't be me because my failures have sidelined me. I had my chance and I blew it. That's Peter's mindset. And I think there are many times in life when that can be our mindset. We say, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm going to obey. And then we betray, we deny, we backslide, we fail, and we think in our failure that we'll never have the opportunity to serve the Lord again. We're on the sidelines. Somebody else 
will go and do the work of the Lord and will be on the sidelines because of our failure. Well, it is in the midst of being on the bench that Peter experiences something that happened three years earlier. He's out on the Sea of Galilee fishing. He's unsuccessful in catching any fish. And suddenly, Jesus shows up on the shoreline. And just as happened three years earlier, Jesus gives Peter a miraculous catch of fish. And, and Peter knows that it's Jesus on the shoreline. And Jesus says to Peter, why don't you come over and have some breakfast with me? And there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Peter experiences holy communion. He comes to the table of the Lord Jesus, and Jesus breaks bread, and he serves fish. And there on the shoreline, Peter has a holy communion. He has this moment with Jesus. And there's a conversation that takes place, a private conversation between Peter and Jesus, a now famous conversation in which three times Jesus asks Peter a question. Listen again, John 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Notice that Jesus refers to Peter as Simon, son of John, and that is Peter's birth name. And when Jesus first met Peter, his name was Simon. But you may recall that Jesus changed Simon's name to Peter. Peter, a name that means rock. And he said to Simon, your name is now Peter because you're the rock, the steady presence upon which I'm going to build my church. Well, now Jesus has gone from calling him Peter back to calling him Simon. And why is he doing that? But because Peter has gone back to his old way of life, he's back on the fishing boat. He's traded in the new life he had in Christ to go sit on the bench and pick up his fishing nets again. And so when Jesus refers to him as Simon, it's an indication that we're starting all over again and the relationship between Jesus and Simon. And the question Jesus asked him is, do you love me more than these? Notice that Jesus doesn't ask him, why did you deny me? He doesn't say to him, explain to me your thought process that led you to this moral failure. No, no, Jesus says, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these fishing boats? Do you love me more than these, these fish that you've caught? Do you love me more than this life that you've returned to? Do you love me, Peter? You see, at the end of the day, the most important thing to Jesus is not that we be able to explain away why we failed, but the question is simply this, do you love me? It is our love relationship with Jesus that is at the heart of Christianity. And at the end of the day, if the answer to the question is, yes, Lord, I love you, then you can continue in your Christian journey in spite of your failure. You don't have to explain what you've done, but you do have to ask yourself, do I still love Jesus. Well, Peter is perhaps a little hesitant in his reply. You'll know if you read Bible study notes on this that there are a few different Greek words for the word love, and, and Jesus uses stronger words for love, the word agape, and 
Peter uses a little bit softer word for love, the word phileo. And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, it's not that Peter doesn't want to use the strong word for love, but he, he's hesitant because he knows that his actions have not aligned with his heart. It feels a little hollow to say to somebody, I love you, when just days earlier you left them stranded in their moment of greatest need. And so Peter knows that he can't appeal to his actions. He can't rationalize what he's done. So he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He appeals only to the knowledge and understanding of Jesus. He says, Jesus, I'm trusting that you know my heart. And in my heart of hearts, even though I denied you three times, in my heart of hearts, you know I love you. I think this is so important for us to understand because we all fail and we all fall into sin. And at the end of the day, if I asked you, did you sin because you don't love Jesus? The answer is no, no, no. I do love Jesus, but I'm weak. I do love Jesus, but I struggle to let my actions align with the love in my heart. Does that make sense? You know, Peter's like, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, even though I know that everything I did says I don't love you. In fact, I do love you. And he appeals to the knowledge of Jesus. It reminds me of a story that Charles Spurgeon told of a a woman who felt like her sins were so many that she could no longer call herself a Christian. And so Spurgeon took a piece of notepaper and he wrote on it the phrase, I do not love Jesus. And then he put a line underneath it and he said to her, I'd like you to sign this statement. And she said, I can't sign that statement. I can't sign a statement that says I don't love Jesus. I do love Jesus. And he said to her, well, if you love Jesus, then you can absolutely be a Christian. Because at the end of the day, if you love Jesus, you can be forgiven. And if you love Jesus, you can be given a second chance or a third chance. And the story is that if you love Jesus, then you can always be put back in the game. If you love Jesus, you can always receive another chance. And so three times, Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Just as Peter denied him three times. And three times, Peter says, yes, you know I do. You know in my heart I do. And three times, Jesus says to Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Remember earlier in John's gospel, John chapter 10, Jesus identified himself as the good shepherd who cares for the sheep of Israel, the people of God. And so Jesus' role is to care for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. When he says to Peter, feed my sheep, that's Jesus saying, I'm putting you in the game and you're going to be my hands and you're going to be my feet and you're going to be my mouthpiece. Now imagine that. Jesus takes the one who failed him and says, do you love me? If you love me, then get off the bench and get back in the game. Go feed my sheep. And it's then that Jesus reveals something very powerful. Verse 18, he says to Peter, very truly I tell you, When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
Peter was the one who said he was ready to go to prison or die for Jesus, and then as a coward, he ran away. And now Jesus says, the day's coming when your hands will be stretched out. And Jesus is here looking to a future in which Peter will join Jesus in being crucified for his faith. And what Jesus is saying to Peter is, I'm giving you another chance, and this time it's going to be different. Because this time you're going to have more courage and more boldness. Why? Because this time you know that I'm alive and my Holy Spirit will live within you and I'm going to empower you to even give your life for me. And then in verse 19 it says, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. The last words Jesus speaks to Peter in the Gospels is follow me. It's the same words that he said to him three years earlier on the banks of the shore of Galilee. In other words, Jesus says, if you love me, you will follow me and then you will fail because you are a weak human being. And when you fail, I will forgive you and I will say to you, do you love me? And if the answer is yes, then I'll say, then follow me. Get up off the ground, pick things back up and let's keep going. Feed my sheep, love God, love others, love to serve, do the work of the gospel. Your failure has not disqualified you. Your love of Jesus means that you can keep going. Now what I know is there are many of us who feel sidelined by our failures, who feel like the work of God will be done by somebody else. Somebody holier than me, somebody more qualified than me, and yet nothing could be further than the truth. If you love Jesus, and if you've given your life to him, then he will empower you to do the work of ministry, to shine the light of Christ, to feed the lambs of Jesus in the world. This morning, it's the first Sunday of the month, and The first Sunday of the month, we come to the Lord's table for Holy Communion. And as we come today, I think, what an incredible opportunity for us. We're coming to the table of the Lord just like Simon Peter did on the shores of Galilee 2,000 years ago. And in the same way that he had an encounter with Jesus at the Lord's table, we have the opportunity to have an encounter with Jesus this morning. And in encountering him to receive forgiveness for our sins. When we break the bread and share the cup, it is a reminder that Christ broke his body and shed his blood to forgive us of our sins. But more than that, Jesus invites us into a holy communion in which he feeds us and nourishes us and empowers us to go back out there and get back in the game and to serve Jesus and to serve in his name. And so I'm going to invite the ushers to signal the children to return because we want the kids to be with us. And I'm going to invite us to pray and prepare our hearts to come to the table of the Lord. Almighty God, we thank you for the good news that in Jesus Christ, we are not only forgiven of our sin, but we are empowered to go back in the game. That there is no sin that disqualifies us from serving the Lord. And Lord, we confess to you that we love Jesus We love him with all our heart, but we're also weak. And there are days when we fail and stumble and fall. And so as we come to this, the table of Holy Communion, we pray that you would forgive our sins. And we pray, oh God, that you would restore within us the Holy Spirit so that we might be the hands and feet of Jesus to a world in need. 
through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Dewtail Church. A great way to respond to the message is to click on the discussion guide in the episode description. The guide is designed to help you reflect on the sermon individually or with a small group. We'd love to have you join us at Dewtail Church for our weekly worship services. We worship at 9.30 and 11 on Sunday mornings, and you can worship with us in person or live online at dewtillchurch.org. Please join us on the podcast for next week's message. In the meantime, may the Lord bless you and keep you.